Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Monday edition of the show, Selection Sunday, is in the books. Conference tournaments are completed, and we are all set for a quick turnaround. Some of the first four, the play-in games coming up on Tuesday night, and then the real deal gets started on Thursday, and we've got wall-to-wall basketball coming up from Thursday through Sunday of this week, and really into Monday and Tuesday if you include the IU women and the NCAA women's tournament. Just a lot of news to get to today, a lot of preview work to be done this week. And I tell you what, Indiana, my summary is I like their situation. They've been placed in, they've been seeded into in the NCAA tournament. But as we all know, in the big dance, nothing is going to come easy. Kent State, who we'll talk about a lot today and this week, coached by a former Indiana assistant, They've got two really good senior guards that lead the flashes, and it's going to be a battle for Indiana, a potential second-round matchup if Indiana can advance against Miami. They've got good guards. Uh, They've had a great season. Uh, The chances there, I do think, for this Hoosier team to get to the Sweet 16, but they do have some tough matches between now and then and some big challenges to overcome. So that's exciting from the men's perspective. On the women's side, Indiana, let's hope the women have regrouped since a couple late slip-ups and really not playing well at all during the Big Ten tournament. They uh, got a number one seed. Uh, They are on the same side of the bracket as South Carolina, who seems to be the dominant one seed, the team of the women's college basketball season. So if Indiana can get past every opponent between now and the Final Four, they would get a shot very likely at this really, really good South Carolina women's team. So there's a lot for IU fans to cheer about, to be nervous about, to be hopeful about. I definitely think the potential is there for a Final Four women's team and a Sweet 16 men's team. And who knows, the men's team, there's people picking them as a possibility to get to the Final Four. Uh, There's people that think they could get upset in the first round by Kent State. There's a lot of people that think Miami could get them in the second game. So it's just a team that has been up and down and very solid, very good. But do they have what it takes to put a run together through the NCAA tournament? It's going to be a lot of fun. And there's so much to talk about from the Big Ten tournament. High school basketball, Rock Creek alive and defeated New Washington on Saturday night in a big way to move on to their first ever semi-state. Just tons of things right now. It's why it's March Madness. It's just a wonderful time of the year. And I hope that everybody has a chance to clear their schedule just a little bit this week and take in some of the great upsets because you know they're coming. You just hope it's not your team. Obviously, listeners of this show hope it's not Indiana, but you know there's some great basketball coming. There's going to be some wild finishes, 
and there will be upsets. That is just part of this deal. Uh, that is part of March. It's in the fabric of the tournament. Uh, but a lot of fun coming up for all basketball fans, especially uh, in our area as well. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we'll recap the men's situation coming out of the Big Ten tournament. More on the women probably as well. A little bit about Rock Creek and their big regional championship on Saturday night. We were down in Lagodi for the call of that game. Coming up later in the show, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star chimes in. He'll tell us his thoughts on IU's placement in the bracket, and we'll start to preview Kent State. Yeah, we got to talk some about the Big Ten tournament. I thought there were some really good moments for Indiana in that Maryland game. I thought they really got it going and played well. You see how this Indiana team, I don't want to call them unstoppable, but you see how good they can be with Trace and Jalen hood Shafino playing well side by side. They're going to need that this week. They're going to need that throughout the NCAA tournament for however long they can put a run together. But I thought the Penn State game a little different, not as good. Penn State just, to me, seemed like a team of destiny. I thought at one point over the weekend it legitimately might be Penn State against Ohio State in the Big Ten men's championship game. I really did. I think Ohio State loaded with talent. I'm not sure exactly what happened to cause some of the tough times they had in the month of January. I know there were some injuries. I know there just was some bad streaks of not playing well. But they've got a lot of talent, and I thought they might really sneak into the tournament or have a chance to uh, if they could get to that championship game. But uh, that was fun to watch uh, in the Big Ten. And, of course, a a good tournament uh, field from the Big Ten Conference. Rutgers is probably – the next team in, if you listen to Joe Lunardi and so many others out there, which would have given, I think could have easily given the Big Ten another team in the tournament, but still another good showing by this Big Ten conference. But that's some of the stuff we'll do in the show today. Later in the hour, Chad Gilbert, the Charlestown AD, will stop by. We'll get into Rock Creek, headed to the semi-state. A little different this past weekend. Regionals, it was so weird. I was at Lagodi. For the first game, the crowd was packed. I mean, you couldn't get a seat in Jack Butcher Arena for that Lagodi Northeast Du Bois game. They cleared the gym. Three uh, hour and a half later, New Washington Rock Creek. Decent fan bases from both schools, but the gym was half empty. Just a weird deal. Two different sessions. Fans come and go. Only one game. There's really no connectivity between who wins at the same location. Just different because normally regionals that big day of semifinal in the morning, and if you win, you got to turn around and get ready for a quick championship game that night. So that was different, but now semi-state is the old regional. So if Rock Creek's going to go to Indianapolis, they're going to have to win one on Saturday morning down at Washington, the Hatchet House, by the way, and come back and play another on Saturday night. That would be a semi-state championship game. So we'll talk about all of that and more with Chad when he's with us a little bit later today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line is open. All right, it's NCAA tournament time. I want to hear from you guys. What are your thoughts on IU's uh, selection? What are your thoughts on their seed? 
What are your thoughts on the pod that they are in in the bracket? And what is your prediction for this team? Are they a one and done? Are they going to win two and go to the Sweet 16? Uh, is this a Final Four team in your estimation? I'd love to know what you're thinking uh, because I have a feeling your input, your thoughts, your opinions are going to be widely different from fan to fan, to be quite honest. Looking for an icy, cold, thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction? Right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's, and don't forget to send us a text on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Let's get into some of the other headlines of the day. First and foremost, the IU women, uh, they get a number one seed, as I mentioned. Uh, They are expected to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. They had an outstanding season. They get to host the first two games of the tournament and a lot of other teams as well in Bloomington starting this weekend, which should be a lot of fun. And I love the fact that we've got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday NCAA men's tournament basketball. I love the fact that Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, we've got NCAA tournament women's basketball. The women, with the interest in Indiana, Louisville's in there as well with a decent seed, uh, just gets you closer to the next weekend of men's. It just almost becomes basketball every day from really Tuesday with the play-in games through next Tuesday, the end of the NCAA tournament, the, the women's first round and second round games as well. So that's a lot of fun. The only concern that I think anybody should have with this Indiana team. And because they're a one seed, they're going to avoid so many good, potentially good opponents until late in the tournament. Really, the Elite Eight and beyond is where it gets much, much tougher. But they've really played great all year. Just a few hiccups in the regular season. Did not play well at all during the Big Ten tournament. They uh, almost got beat by Michigan State before getting a big lead over Ohio State and then losing the game. Uh, So, You hope that they got that out of their system. They have not played consecutive bad games like that really all season long, Uh, and we'll see what happens for the women moving forward. I think that they've got a chance, a really good chance, as you would expect a one seed two to to get to the Final Four. Now, obviously, South Carolina would be the opponent in the national semifinal at the Final Four. That's a huge challenge for Indiana. It's a huge challenge for anyone in the NCAA tournament because this South Carolina team, I've seen just little bits and pieces of them, but they appear to be a really, really solid uh, women's college basketball team and have been very, very dominant this season. But can the women make a run? Can the men make a run? Uh, That's what this month is all about. A lot of fun basketball ahead, uh, that is for sure. A little bit more, too, on Kent State. You know, Rob Sinderoff is the head coach. He was a former IU assistant coach. Kent State went 28-6 and overall this season. They had a really good record, 15-3 and in the MAC Conference. That's the Mid-American Conference. Toledo, where Cooper Jacoby is at, they won the regular season MAC title. But Kent State came into the MAC tournament as the number two seed. They beat Northern Illinois, Akron, and then Toledo in the championship game to get to the big dance. So Cooper Jacoby, a Silver Creek product, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> and a good Toledo team 
kept from the NCAA tournament after winning the regular season version of the MAC because of a Kent State team that was really good all season, but especially got hot in the NC in the MAC tournament, I should say. Uh, Kent State one and three against NCAA tournament teams this season. Obviously, a non-conference play. Kent State won 79-57 at Northern Kentucky. They are the number 16 seed in the Midwest region. And then Kent State lost narrowly to the College of Charleston. 74-72 was that score. They got a 12 seed, did Charleston, in the South region. And if you remember, (coughs) excuse me, Kent State gave Houston a number one seed in the tournament Absolutely all that they could handle back on November 26. It was very early in the year, but uh, ultimately Houston able to get a 49-44 victory. That was a game at Houston. So that tells you, in a nutshell, this Kent State team, I think, is a legitimate first-round opponent. Uh, This is definitely a game Indiana's got to take serious, as you know they will. Uh, This isn't some mid-major team that uh, is just very mediocre. This is a team that beat a good Toledo team to even get to the tournament and has played some good competition in the non-conference schedule to prepare them for a team like Indiana. So I think a tough matchup. I think a battle coming up for Indiana in the first round. I know there are others that think this Indiana team could run away with it and so forth, and maybe they do. And if TJD and Jalen Huchifino are both playing in unison, I'm not so sure that they don't. But I do think you should be prepared for a battle uh, in the first uh, game. Uh, absolutely, Indiana and Kent State coming up uh, on uh, Thursday, or excuse me, on Friday night. How could I forget? It's late Friday night. What is it, a 9.54 or 9.55 tip-off uh, in the first-round game for the Hoosiers? So obviously a big weekend for Indiana coming up, and we'll have lots more on it this week. Here in the first segment, I also want to touch on Rock Creek for just a moment. Congratulations first to longtime Rock Creek coach. It used to be Restoration Christian, Chris Brown. He's been there 27 years, and he is absolutely putting a really good product together here in the postseason. This Rock Creek team not just won the regional on Saturday night. They blew past New Washington 67-32 to win the game. Uh, Mariel Deeper. The big seven-footer, unbelievable. No one could stop him. He had 29 points in the win for Rock Creek uh, as the Lions win their first-ever regional championship. Now, they've been to the regional before. They've won their share of sectionals, but nobody really saw this one coming because Rock Creek entered postseason with a really bad record, and after winning three games in the sectional and one regional championship game, their record right now is still way below 500, 11 wins and 14 losses on the season for Rock Creek. But I think the obvious reason for that is they take on all comers. If you look at their schedule, it is littered with 2A, 3A, and even some 4A teams on the Lions' schedule. But they are playing great basketball at the right time. They've got tremendous guard play with Ladarius Wallace. I really, really love Ladarius's game. Uh, he scores when he needs to. He also is a great facilitator, a great leader out there. They've got other good guards as well. But I think you take Wallace with Deeper, the seven-footer, and then Big Jaleb Treat, who I believe is six foot seven. Deeper had 29. Treat had 16 on Saturday night. That is a hard combination to stop. Then you've got Kiwan Biko and other guards that can step up and play big as well. So big win for Rock Creek. 
they just remind me of a team that is playing great basketball right now. They are going to have some tough challenges ahead of them this weekend if they are going to win a two-game semi-state. Again, it's reversed, regional one-game, semi-state now two games, and we'll tell you more about who they're going to play and so forth coming up a little bit later on the show. But I'm not putting it past Rock Creek to win the semi-state. I mean, we didn't think we had a state championship caliber team this year, and I think Rock Creek has some real battles coming ahead if they're going to get to the state championship game. But they, they have a chance because of the way they're playing and because of the type of roster, just the way they're coming together at the right time of the year. Uh, they, they have a chance to do something special this weekend when they play down at the Hatchet House in Washington. That's a look at our headlines for this Monday edition of the program. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. More on IU coming up. Lots of talk about the NCAA tournament. And I still want to go back with Zach and recap some of the Big Ten stuff from the tournament. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Monday program. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star always with us on Mondays as we talk the latest with IU basketball. And, Zach, it's all set for this week. The NCAA tournament pairings came out yesterday. Indiana a number four seed, and they will open with Kent State in a very late matchup on Friday night. I think 9.55 p.m. is the tip-off time in that contest. But, Zach, before we get to the NCAA Let's recap the Big Ten tournament. I thought Indiana did some really good things Friday night uh, in that somewhat come-from-behind win, especially after trailing in the first half against Maryland. Yeah, I mean, I thought Indiana um, really played a lot better than Maryland, especially over the the second half of that game. I thought the, the way that Indiana kind of took control of that game was impressive, the way that, you know, they really kind of isolated some of Maryland's um, Maryland's two best players, Dante Scott and Jameer Young, who yeah, I don't know the numbers in front of them, I want to say like 7 of 29 combined from the field. Um, you know, Maryland got a little loose there in the first half, made a, a quick flurry of threes. I think that was kind of the only time really you felt like Maryland was in control of the game. And other than that, Indiana just kind of wants it, wants it found the, the right sort of defensive pairings and kind of knuckled down and got itself going at that end of the floor. Uh, Maryland just kind of faded. I think that was, you know, probably about how you would have expected that. So based on records and results, obviously these two teams only played once this season, um, and it was at Maryland. Maryland won the game, but I think Indiana's the better team, and I think it showed on Friday night. Talking with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. Zach, I thought for a moment early in the weekend it legitimately might be Penn State against Ohio State for the Big Ten Tournament Championship. Yeah, I mean, you know, Penn State, I think, is deserves credit. I think Penn State's been playing much better basketball than it's probably gotten credit for in recent weeks. And I think that's, of course, changing a little bit now. If you saw them make a run to the final game, Ohio State, you know, 
Zach, it's, it's Zach. It's really hard to hear you if you come closer to the phone. Can you hear me? Yep, got you now. There we go. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, maybe to some extent, that's the Ohio State team we thought we were going to get at the beginning of the season. Um, but you know, they did that. They were doing that without that key. Eventually, they were doing that without Bryce Sensabaugh, and so you know, too little, too late. But if you're an Ohio State fan, you can at least kind of take some solace in the way they pulled themselves together. Um, but. Uh, of course, from Indiana's perspective, they would have liked to have been in that Big Ten title game as well. So. Yeah, no question. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star with us. Zach, uh, more on the Big Ten tournament, your thoughts on how things went overall for the conference as far as the NCAA tournament. Rutgers is the one that really stands out that maybe, and I think a lot of people have them as the next team in, and that's Joe Lenardi and some of the other bracket guys uh, but how's the showing for the Big Ten this year? And did Rutgers get uh, a rough end of the deal by not getting in, maybe just by by hair? Yeah, I mean, I think it was about what we expected from the conference in general. You know, I think that it, I think they had what nine teams? Was it eight or nine? Obviously, by the, the time everything started kind of trickling out Sunday, once I saw Indiana's name, I, I was kind of locked in on IU. But um, I think we expected the Big Ten to have, you know. A pretty high quantity of teams. I think we expected a lot of those teams to be clustered, you know, maybe six line or below. You know, your Iowa's, your Illinois, your Maryland's, your Penn State's. Um, and there were a couple teams there in, in Michigan and Rutgers that just kind of didn't quite do enough. You know, I think with Rutgers in particular, uh, there's, there's a, maybe a little bit of what we were reminded of last year, which is that the conference tournaments are not a, a cure all. Um, I think the other thing with Rutgers is just, you know, frankly, and I, I don't know if the committee was asked about this. The committee chair usually does a, a, a teleconference, but I wasn't on it last night just because I was rushing between different things. Um, I'm guessing that Rutgers' quad three record, and, and in particular, you know, the, their inability to hold on to that lead in the uh, in the loss at Minnesota late in the regular season uh, probably really hurt them. And, and just kind of, you know, when you look at kind of where Rutgers was, how Rutgers finished the season, um, they really struggled over the finish line. And you just have, you know, you have sometimes too many sort of negatives on your resume um, to be made up for by just the showing in your conference tournament. Because, again, the, the committee has, has shown a, a consistent sort of preference to not weight the conference tournaments too heavily. Um, and I think that Rutgers ultimately, you know, obviously did a lot of good this season, but I don't think you can have that many complaints when you finish the season the way they did. All right, let's get into IU in the tournament. A number four seed, your thoughts on first, the seed for this Indiana team? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty consistent, I think. The committee had Indiana as the top four seed, uh, which did an early bracket reveal February 18th. They were the third four seed on Sunday, so they flipped a little. Some of that also comes out the tower. Things moved around ahead of them. Um, they here jumped in for example. But I saw, you know, I saw Zach, a lot of people. Zach, it's real, really hard to hear you. If you can, I saw, I saw a lot of people. Um, I'm not sure what it says. Sorry, I'm on my wife's phone, so I'm not sure what's. Uh, I had phone troubles in Chicago that haven't quite resolved themselves. <laughs> but um, you know, I saw a lot of people kind of outside the Big Ten bubble, sort of wondering why Indiana with just a, a 22 and 11 record got a four seed. I think if you look at Indiana's resume, though, 12 quad one and two wins, you know, solid road wins against Xavier, against Illinois, obviously, you know, swept Purdue, which is going to be impressive in the committee's eyes when Purdue's a one seed and the, you know, a, a double Big Ten champion. 
Um, I think because Rutgers fell out, that the Rutgers loss in December became the only loss on Indiana's resume against a non-NCAA um, tournament team. And if you, you sit down and look at it, I want to say Indiana played 18 of its 33 games, if you include the Big Ten tournament, against teams that were in the NCAA field. So it was obviously a very strong, um, you know, a very strong schedule Indiana faced. And, you know, I think Indiana also kind of wound up in the the opposite position from where they were a season ago. And what I mean by that is, you know, last season we were kind of looking at it and seeing all these holes in Indiana's resume and thinking, could Indiana fill those holes in in the Big Ten tournament? This year, obviously, Indiana had a, a nice day in the Big Ten tournament. They picked up a quad one win against Maryland. Penn State, because of the way Penn State finished out, became a quad one loss. There's no real harm in that. Um, but it was more kind of the idea that Indiana had done so much work in November, in January, in February, that they were just kind of shoring up their position in March. And, you know, they, they, I think the one thing maybe fans would have hoped was that Indiana could have gotten into the South Regional, um, which would have meant that they'd be playing in the Sweet 16 in uh, Louisville if they, got, if they get to the second weekend, if they got to the second weekend. Strangely uh, enough, they were actually ahead of Virginia on the seed list, and Virginia got the, the, the spot in Louisville. I'm guessing that was a competitive balance issue because the committee likes to try and make sure that, like, if, you know, the Alabama's the number one overall seed. They got the number three, two seed. They got the number one, three seed. So I'm guessing the committee wanted to give them the number four, four seed just so that they weren't facing, you know, uh, an, an inordinately high level of competition for being the number one overall seed in the tournament. But the flip side is, and I imagine we'll discuss this in a minute, um, I, I like some of the matchups for Indiana, at least in theory, at least on paper, this weekend in Albany, if they can bring their best. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, breaking down the Hoosiers in the NCAA tournament, which begins at 9.55 Friday night. Zach, you're going to be working late Friday night. Uh, it's nothing new. Nothing new this time of year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about Kent State, the opening game for the Hoosiers. Former IU assistant, the boss there, they put together a really nice season. They challenged Houston, uh, had them on the ropes very early uh, back in late November, and then didn't win the regular season MAC conference. They had to steal the bid in the conference tournament from Toledo, who did win the regular season championship. And, of course, uh, Cooper Jacoby, a Silver Creek graduate, somebody that we've kept up with on and off this year on the show, so we know a little bit about Toledo. But they beat a really good team in the championship game, and this seems to be a very solid mid-major ball club that the Hoosiers are going to face on Friday night. Yeah, so obviously Rob Senderoff, I mean, that's part of it. Senderoff was the assistant who was dismissed at the, at the front end of the Kelvin Sampson recruiting scandal at Indiana. Um, <clears throat> he's been the head coach at Kent State since 2011. Um, he's got seven postseason appearances in that time. Some of those are obviously like CIT and CBI. This is the, the, the Golden Clash's second NCAA tournament appearance uh, in, in his in his tenure. I think the first, if I want to say, was rightly was in 2017. Um, but Kent State has just kind of consistently been a good program. They've been a really solid MAC program as long as he's been there. Um, you know, they're, they're tough on defense. Particularly this year, they're they're a very good defensive team. They were, if I'm, if I'm again, I'm not in front of the computer. Forgive me, but. I believe they were the number one um, team in the MAC in, in league games and adjusted defensive efficiency. They've got a high usage guard and sincere carry, who is kind of their their go-to guy. He's a little smaller; he's only listed at six foot one. So, 
You know, we've seen Indiana struggle a little bit against bigger guards, more athletic guards. I think Kerry is athletic, but he's not necessarily a player that's maybe going to give Indiana as much trouble with his size. But Kent State also does have a couple players that can get loose from three, and I think that's obviously we've seen Indiana get burned by three-point shooting at times this season. I think also just generally that's, that's kind of one of those things you worry about this time of year when you start talking about upsets and lower seeds is basically just if a team gets hot, if a team finds its, its, its rhythm early, then, you know, suddenly belief comes in and, and everything starts to kind of, everything kind of starts to snowball. So I think it's, it's going to be a tough game for Indiana. Um, I think that there are some ways Kent State is really going to challenge Indiana. On the other hand, I do think Indiana has the matchup advantages here, um, and, and I would make Indiana the favorite. Um, I'm going to watch a little bit more Kent State tonight, but I, I do think that this is a game Indiana can and, and probably, you know, on the balance of probability should win. But as we know, you know, NCAA tournament, that weird stuff happens all the time. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and look at the entire pod. I know there's a lot of talk about Miami and some of their guards in the season that they've had as well. If this is going to be an Indiana team that gets to a Sweet 16 and puts together a multiple weekend run, they're going to have to beat, I think, a solid Kent State team as you have started to preview for us today, and then maybe a really solid Miami team on uh, on Sunday to to get forward. Just kind of take us through what you see that whole pod there, those both of those first round games, and then potentially what the second round could look like for Indiana. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't sleep on Drake either. Drake's the 12th seed in the regional. They have the Missouri Valley Player of the Year, Tucker DeBreeze. Um, they are um, a particularly good team. They're one of the best defensive rebounding teams in the country, and they're also pretty solid in terms of not turning the ball over, which means that you can't, you, you don't, they don't give you free possessions, which is, again, one of those things that you talk about the, the kinds of factors that can tend to kind of undo a team this time of year. It's, it's not being able to clean up the defensive glass, not being able to secure the ball, and just giving opponents, you know, free possession way too often. Um, you know, Kent State is actually one of the most sort of one of the best turnover forcing teams in the country, and Drake is is one of the best teams in the country at limiting extra possessions for opponents. So I don't think Drake is you know in the same way. I don't think Indiana is going to have a straightforward job against Kent State. I don't think Miami is going to have a straightforward job against Drake. I think Drake is a tough team. They can also make some threes on you and kind of get going. And I mean, they're you know they're a team that's in the fifties in the net. They've been pretty solid all year. They're um, this is going to be their third straight season finishing in the Ken Palm Top 100 under Darren DeVries, who's uh, Tucker DeVries' father and their head coach. So, I mean, Drake has is, is kind of found this, this level of competitiveness pretty consistently recently. Um, but Miami should be favored on the other side of the pot as well, certainly one of the best offenses in the country. Statistically, the best offense in the ACC this year, Isaiah Wong, obviously, um, if I'm not mistaken, was ACC Player of the Year. They've got four players that average somewhere between 13.2 and 16.2 points per game. Um, they can shoot the ball well. They can score big numbers. If you look at you know their 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 um, their results and, and some of their um, some of their, their finals this season, the weakness for Miami is they are not a good team defensively, and, and not even just a maybe a, a below average team. I mean, they really struggle. They gave up 105 in a home win over Cornell in December. They gave up 85 to Florida State in a home loss near the end of the regular season, another 85 to a, a Louisville team that obviously has not played well um, at all this season. And I think that was, I want to say that was at home too. They lost to Georgia Tech. 
Um, again, they lost to Florida State. They gave up 88 in a loss to Maryland on a neutral floor early in the season back in November. They are not a good defensive team, and their um, their leading rebounder, whose name I hope I'm pronouncing correctly, Norchad Omir, um, sprained his ankle, or at least picked up some sort of ankle injury. I think it was diagnosed as a sprain in the ACC tournament. So that's one of their four, one of those four players that averages double figures in scoring. He's also far and away their most effective rebounder. If you start talking about, you know, you know where suddenly Miami might be a little weak, if he can't go or if he's below 100%, and if he sprained his ankle, you'd be surprised if he can recover fully within the space of just a few days. Um, that probably weakens Miami even further. So Miami definitely has, if, if Indiana sees Drake, I think Indiana's just going to have to play a very fundamentally sound game. If Indiana sees Miami, I think that Miami is the sort of team that could, you know, present Indiana some problems with, with just the rate at which it can score the ball. But on the other hand, Miami is very poor defensively. They are not a good defensive team by any means. And so Indiana should maybe be able to kind of get its offense and rhythm a little bit more consistently than we've seen against the likes of a, a Maryland or a Michigan um, you know, or a, or a Purdue in, in recent weeks. But again, Indiana's got to get by Kent State, and I think Kent State's not, that is not the, Kent State does not have the profile of a team that's just sort of happy to show up, if you understand what I'm saying. Kent State is a, a solid team, a well-coached team, and a team that is going to feel like it has enough experience, you know, in the postseason, winning at a pretty high level, um, and, and it's going to feel like maybe one of those teams that is going to fancy itself a, a, a potential upset uh, upset contender all right zach osterman the indianapolis star you can read his work at indystar.com slash sports zach always appreciate the time as always to get us kick-started here on mondays absolutely thanks for having me all right we'll head to a commercial break come back with a final segment here on this monday program a little bit of ncaa tournament talk but also We'll catch up on some local stuff because Rock Creek is headed for the first time ever to a semi-state. They've got some tough uh, opportunities, tough opponents ahead, but this Rock Creek team is playing good basketball. We'll talk about that next with Chad Gilbert. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for... All the small schools never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Monday program. All of this talk about the NCAA tournament. I don't want high school hoops to be lost in that because we have a local team Rock Creek that won a regional championship on Saturday night down at Lagodi and will play at Washington in a semi-state this weekend. Some tough opponents ahead, but boy, this Rock Creek team playing good basketball. They had absolutely no problem with New Washington as they cruise past them to bring home their school's first regional championship. Chad Gilbert, AD at Charlestown. IHSA executive board member with me. And Chad, we'll get to the NCAA tournament because I want to get your thoughts on some things. But Rock Creek headed to a semi-state. Chris Brown, 27 years as a high school basketball coach at Rock Creek and Restoration Christian, as it was formerly known. And they're finally headed to a semi-state. Big stuff for the group in Sellersburg here these last few weeks. 
hard to believe Chris Brown's that old that he could be coaching for 27 years, Matt. You know that uh, Chris is a hustler, man. If he's not coaching basketball, he's mowing yards or he's cleaning cars. He he gets after it. So I'm excited for Chris. Chris is a good guy. He really is. And excited for him and his team to make a nice run here. And uh, hopefully they can finish it off. You know, they've got some uh, very tough, formidable opponents ahead. But that's what you play the games for. I'm sure the, the Lions will go up there ready to go and try to contend for a 1A state championship. Yeah, Rock Creek will take on Jackson Dell, who's 18-9. and nine, And the other side of that bracket is is tough. Indianapolis Lutheran, 17-7. and seven, They knocked off uh, the number one 1A team in the South, Bloomfield. And, of course, Ligoti, 20-7. That's who Lutheran will play. So I think Rock Creek can get to the championship game. Can they beat a really good Ligoti team or maybe an, a hot Indianapolis Lutheran team? With the way Rock Creek is playing, that could be a fantastic game. It's just, it's really interesting to me, Chad, because we talk about all this stuff every week, basically throughout the whole year. And I was pretty sure that this year, unless something really crazy happened, we probably did not have a state final team, a state championship caliber team from Clark and Floyd County. But now that Rock Creek has come on and playing so well, I think they've got a tough path ahead, but I wouldn't count them out. You know, that's what you play for. And you, you think about all these tournament games, they're all going to be outstanding semi-state matchups. You know, what a great day of basketball Saturday is going to be with, with the old regional format, two games in the morning, a championship game at the night for a chance to go to Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Uh, in Rock Creek situation, Matt, you don't have to be the best team. And not saying Rock Creek isn't. You just got to be the best team that night. And that's all Chris Brown's got to do is find two games that he can put together the best 32 minutes of the season to go in advance. And um, as a coach, you play to put yourself in this situation. Every one of these coaches, you know, that are coaching now, you're playing on a house money. You're having fun and you're trying to compete and win a spot for a, to compete for a state championship. And that's the way that I would approach it is that way of having fun, you know, keep doing what we've doing. Let's, let's take in the moments let's take in the the whole week the atmosphere everything that goes involved with it let's let's make lots of memories let's continue to make memories but most important thing let's play loose and have fun chad gilbert my guest talking high school basketball all right ncaa tournament it starts tuesday wall-to-wall basketball basically tuesday through tuesday if you include the ncaa women's tournament which is going to be a lot of fun Chad, uh, your thoughts. IU, a four seed. Can the Hoosiers get to the Sweet 16? You always keep it real. You like Purdue. You like Indiana. You follow all the local teams. You know a lot of the coaches. What do you see here? You know, first of all, isn't it funny the matchups that the NCAA puts together? You think about, you know, Auburn again with Coach Pearl. They're playing Iowa. Where was Coach Pearl assistant coach at? Iowa. Indiana playing, um, who are they playing, Matt? Um, Kent State. Kent State. Who's the coach at Kent State? The old assistant coach at Indiana. So, you know, it it will be interesting to see how all of this plays out. Um, Kent State, you know, <laughs> they're going to be a formidable opponent. I would not be surprised on that one for IU uh to possibly overlook Kent State. Uh, but IU, you know, you, you got to also remember, I use the same team that knocked off Purdue twice, who was a number one seed. That's the beauty of it, Matt. That's what makes it so much fun is 
you don't know. You got so many variables going in, and again, it goes like from the IHSA tournament. You don't have to be the better team; you just have to be the better team that night. But there are lots of good matchups as they as they go down the road. Matchups do come into play. I think if you watch Texas A and M against Alabama this weekend, Texas A and M is very very good. They just don't match up well with Alabama, and Alabama is very very good, Matt. So there's a lot of different teams in there that. That could cause some problems. You know, my final four picks, you know, looking at it starting out, is I think I have Duke in. I think I have Texas in. I think I've got uh, Alabama in. And I think I've got Kansas in. So it'll be a, uh, you know, didn't really go out on a ledge there, but we'll see how it goes next week when we re uh, sort who's available and who's going to advance. But it's going to be a fun week, Matt. You think about all the excitement that builds up to this, that teams are going in it. And some teams are tired. Some teams are beat up. I think uh, Kentucky got the best draw they could possibly get. I think Indiana has a, has a great chance if they get past that first game to advance deep in the tournament as well. So it'll be a lot of fun to get behind local teams to cheer these guys on and just, just to be glued into the TV. Matt, it's an opportunity for you and I to sit in front of the TV, maybe uh, put on a few pounds, eating snacks, watching the games this week, you know, because once you get glued into those games, it's hard to step away. I was just getting ready to ask you, what does the Gilbert household look like on Saturday with NCAA tournament games, with uh, the IU women playing, and then with the semi-state games on as well? Well, we're going to get the semi-state package. The only problem with that is that we're going to try to run it on two TVs because when you change channels on the IHSA, doesn't that frustrate you, Matt? you got to go through all the uh, commercials to get to the game. So we'll have two oh, yeah. TVs working with the IHSA because I think there'll be some good games. I think Jennings County's representing the Hoosier Hills Conference and they're playing great basketball right now. I think they're going to be uh, a team to reckon with. Brownstown, uh, that 2A is going to be an outstanding semi-state. And then the 3A, Scottsburg from the Mid-Southern Conference, they've got a legit chance to win the thing, Matt, and go on. Uh, they're playing North Davies who bumped up to, from 1A to 3A. So it'll be an opportunity for our local teams in the area to really have a chance to advance. We'll have a lot of fun at our house watching. Uh, I think we're getting the Chewies, uh, the Chewies fajitas to go. Snack on those throughout the day. <laughs> All right, hey, we've got to bring this up here. Favorite. A little, a little bit of breaking news, and this is no surprise, but it's official. Ole Miss has announced that Chris Beard is going to be their new head coach. Just a few months ago. Chad, it looked like his coaching career might be over. He was ousted from Texas midseason, and uh, now that charges have been dropped, immediately another program in on him, and he's he's headed to Ole Miss. Great coach, great coach. You know, we'll see see how that goes in recruiting. You don't think that there won't be other coaches bringing that um, report out to life on that when they're sitting in the homes competing for a kid. It'll be. Uh, Interesting how that goes. Tough situation for anybody to be in those deals. Uh, and it's uh, one of those deals we talked about. We've heard a lot of times before, get fired for anything but losing, and you'll resurface. And uh, Absolutely. We'll see how it goes. Chad Gilbert with me on Mondays. Thank you, Chad. Matt, watch out for Coach Patino in the tournament. Rick Patino will be <laughs> a, a definite hard out. Thanks for everything you do for Southern Indiana Sports. Thank you. I tell you what, can't wait to see what Coach Patino does. Does he stay at Iona or does he move on after maybe an NCAA tournament run, as Chad predicted? Have a great Monday. Back with you Tuesday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.